hearts fall short. I've got nothing new. How could I express all my gratitude? I could sing these songs as I often do. Every song I stand and you never do. So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a Again. 
Cast my mind to Calvary, where Jesus bled and died for me. I see His wounds, His hands, His feet, my Savior on that cursed tree. body bound and drenched in tears they laid him down in joseph's tomb the entrance sealed by heavy stone messiah still and all
Every time I tried to make it on my own Every time I tried to stand I'd start to fall All those lonely roads that I have traveled on There was Jesus When the life I built came crashing to the ground When the friends I had were nowhere to be found I couldn't see it then, but I can see it now There was Jesus In the waiting, in the searching In the healing and the hurting Like a blessing buried in the broken pieces Every minute, every moment thank you for this day. We thank you for Jesus. God, we just thank you for this time of year, this season that we celebrate uh, your birth, Lord, that this is uh, the time that we can say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Lord, we just thank you for that. We thank you, God, for our salvation. We thank you, God, for who you are, for your presence. We pray for Brother Darrell today as he delivers your word, God. Speak through him the things 
that you would have us to hear today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we'll continue in this, with the Sermon on the Mount out of Matthew chapter 5. There's an outline of this on the back side of your announcements, Matthew 5. The whole text of what we've been dealing with the past few weeks is uh, verse 21 through 48. We won't read all of that. We've been taking, uh, title of course is the impossible, all that God can do through us. Let's move on to the next list. In this part of the Sermon on the Mount, or the next screen, he's going to deal with, Jesus talks about six things and they're all really di difficult things and the, about the only thing I hope to re repeat from the past uh, previous few weeks is that somebody, everybody is going to deal with something on that list. There's nobody that's going to be able to look at that list and say, hey, I don't have a problem with any of it. Okay, all right. So uh, we don't, nobody's going to deal with everything, but everybody's going to deal with something on that list. To, uh, today, We've come down to one, two, three, four, to the fourth one is oaths. And we don't use that, whole wor that word a whole lot, but that's the word Jesus used. Uh, saying, oath, swearing, and oath. And he warns us against that. Uh, Matthew 5, and so that will be the word oath, uh, will be in verses 33 through 37 out of Matthew 5. So we're just going to take that one word kind of a peek uh, sneak peek ahead next sunday is christmas eve we'll have a baptism next sunday if you are a believer in jesus have not been baptized let me know and next sunday would be a great day to do that but we are going to baptize next sunday it's christmas eve so message will probably be kind of christmas e in fact when uh when rusty just quoted john three sixteen, i thought mm, that might be it so Next week, we'll probably not do something out of the Sermon on the Mount. And then the weekend after that, the Sunday after that, is New Year's Eve. And I've been thinking about kind of a year-end year wrap-up kind of thing. So we'll probably take a couple weeks off the Sermon on the Mount, and we'll get back to that uh, list, finish out that list uh, the first few weeks in January. Today is Os, uh, Matthew 5, 33 through 37. Jesus says, again, you've heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not swear falsely, but shall perform your oaths to the Lord. But I say to you, do not swear at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, nor by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Nor shall you swear by your head, because, I, I love this one, because you cannot make one hair white or black. <laughs> I could just preach on that one verse, right? You cannot make hair. Now, some of you say, wait a minute, I, I can, but you really can't. You can make it look white or black. Anyway, I just laughed when I came to that one. You cannot make one hair white or black. Uh, 37, the last verse. But so, what do, so, you know, 
don't when you make a promise, you don't have to add to it. You don't say, I swear I'm telling the truth. You know, things like that. And we could just go go on and on with just kind of how we talk and, and how we say things. And Jesus gives a pretty strong, uh, kind of surprises me how strongly he puts this. So he says in verse 37, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. I never would have thought that. And this is one of those, and we talked about some really difficult kind of heavy things in the weeks, the previous weeks, and we've got some more to come. The the next two are kind of tough. This one is in the list of the six things is probably the easiest one. It almost, when I read it, and kind of the way we talk to, to today, it's almost like, I, you know, I'm surprised Jesus would spend that much time on it or be that, be that serious to him. So I want us to take it as seriously as, as he did. Let your yes, just say, if, if your answer is yes, just say yes. If your answer is no, just, just say no. Don't add all this stuff to it that we do. Because more than that comes from the evil one, from Satan. You can, you can say too much, and that's, that's from Satan. I wouldn't have thought that. Maybe I'm the only one in the, in the room, but that makes it more serious than what I may have thought it was. That, so let me say it this way, that God takes more seriously what you say then maybe you do. And so this morning is all about, well, then I may need to rethink what I'm saying, and I may need to rethink how I'm saying it, and I may just need to think more, all right? So I, maybe this, this is just for me, but I need to take more seriously, apparently, uh, what I'm saying, how I'm saying it, what I'm adding to, okay. We're going to look at these are all these are all on your on your outline, but we're going to put them on the screen also. These are just some good uh, thoughts about how we talk, when we talk, how we say things, and just some things to think about. So I'm not going to rush through these, but the first one is a, a quote from N.T. Wright, and says, "Extra words, especially strong ones like." I swear I'm telling the truth. I swear I'm telling the truth. Why would you have to do that? Okay. Why would you have to add to that? I swear I'm telling the truth. Uh, Because maybe you haven't been telling the truth. Okay. And so uh, extra words, especially strong ones, call into question the the speaker's basic truthfulness. If you need to add them, strong words, Maybe we can't trust you at all. And maybe that's why you've gotten in the habit of thinking you need to add to it. Or because just just let your yes be yes and your no be no. Next one is a quote from George. I don't know how to pronounce the last name. It's Sela. It is difficult not only to say the right thing in the right place. That's difficult enough, isn't it? saying the right thing in the right place, but far more difficult to leave unsaid the wrong thing at the tempting moment. 
So it's, it's tough to find the right words at the right time, but maybe, maybe more difficult, I'm just going to put it bluntly, to keep our mouths shut when we should. Instead of saying it, we're tempted that, you know, I want to, you ever talk to somebody and you can tell that while you're talking to them, they're not listening to you? And what are they doing? They're thinking what they want to say next, okay? They're, they're waiting for you to get done so they can speak. I really, really, really try to not be that guy. When I look at you and listen to you speak, I really, really try to not be thinking of what I'm going to say. I just I want you to finish what you say, okay? Not perfect at that, but trying to work on that. But it's leaving unsaid the wrong thing, which most of us in the room could probably work on that some. Next one, pause before you speak so you can mean what you say. We had a, I've been told, I don't know him, I, I think I know who he is, and I think I may have met him, but we had a pastor at our church, and some of you who have been here a long time told me that the man who pastored our church way in the past, when you asked him a question, he had this irritating habit of not answering right away irritating is isn't it he had this irritating habit of pausing before he answered you and so you might ask him a question and he just you know what's he doing he's thinking about it now what's wrong with the guy you know pause before you speak so you can mean what you say pause before you can speak so you don't say the wrong thing if you can help it because you're thinking about it, okay? The last one, as far as this kind of list goes, uh, actually got this from someone else. Before you speak, before you speak, ask yourself, is it truthful? Is it the truth, or is it what you heard? Is it truthful? Is it helpful? Is it helpful? that you say it, does that, does that help anything? Or are you just saying it, okay? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? And I think maybe a more current way of saying that, is it encouraging? Is it positive? Is it inspiring? Is it encouraging? Is it positive? Uh, it just meant something to me. It, it just stuck in my mind. I was, I was reading an account of a lady who had made up her mind that she was going to take one day, one day, and not say anything negative to anyone. Now, she might be thinking it, but take one day and not say anything negative to anyone. Not one negative word. So she woke up in the morning, okay, this is my day. This is the day I'm going to do it. Get out of bed, not say one negative word to anyone. Now she said, she wrote this out, she said, I didn't really see myself as a negative person to start with, but I felt like I needed to improve. I felt like I could do better than what I was, even though I just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't terrible at it, but I just, I, I could just do better. 
So one, all, all, the, all day, not one negative word. She said, I sat down and I didn't make it to breakfast because, I don't know, the coffee was uh, too cold, too hot, this was that. She said, I, didn't even, I couldn't even make it through breakfast. She said, so I, I, didn't, I didn't quit and went through the whole day. At the end of the day, what she reported about herself was, she said, I cannot believe how incredibly negative that I am. And I never saw it until I really, really examined myself and tried to go a whole day without saying one negative thing. Well, already, it's, it is 11... 33, already a lot of you have failed, okay? <laughs> You've already told me all kinds of things wrong, all right? We just don't think about it all that much. That's what this is. Think about what you're saying. Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? Or am I just talking? Is it necessary? And then, not too different from inspiring, along the same line, is it kind? Is it kind? Okay. All right, switch gears a little bit. James chapter 4, 13 through 16. James 4, 13 through 16. This will be on the screen. I did not mark my Bible, so I'm just going to read it off of the screen. What we're going to do is I'm heading towards prayer time here. Okay, those before were just just really good things to think about. Now I want you to think about you and getting a little more serious about things that I need to deal with the Lord about. Okay, because that's why we're here. James chapter 4, 13 through 16. James writes, come now, you who say, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a place Spend a year there, buy and sell, and make a profit. Those of you who say that, I'm going to go to town, I'm going to do business there. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what's your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills. If the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. But now you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil from the evil one. So there's nothing wrong with making plans, right? He didn't, James doesn't say that uh, it's wrong to plan out the business deal for the year because that's what he's t talking about. The, you know, let's go into such and such a town, buy and, buy and sell, make profit. There's nothing wrong. He didn't, James did not say there's anything wrong with making plans. Okay? He said there's something wrong in how you're looking at it and how you're saying it. Because some, we would say, we're saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go into such, such, such and such a town, and, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm, going to, I'm going to be this. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to go there. I'm going to do this when I get there. And uh, James said, that's from the evil one. Rather than that, you should say and think, say because you're thinking it, if the Lord wills it. 
There's nothing wrong with making a plan to go to that town. There's nothing wrong making a plan to be that person or to do this thing when you get there. Nothing wrong to be making plans about that, but there is something wrong in thinking that's what I'm going to do because it may not happen like that. There's something wrong in saying you're going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to be. Because our life is like a, is like a vapor. It, it doesn't last long. It doesn't turn out the way we think it will. He said, instead, so, so what do I do? Instead, say, hey, nothing wrong making plans, but I don't know that those plans are going to turn out like that. So if the Lord wills, if this is what God wants, next, uh, last screen, is curves. Life is like curves. There's a pathway, a path in life, but that path in life is full of curves, turns, some sharp, some gradual, some what we say sometimes an easy curve, and some are sharp curves, and you can't see them. Now, James doesn't say it like that, but that's exactly what James means. That life is full of curves that you can't see, but God does see, okay? Talked to our youth group this morning. I've just been debating all morning long an illustration to use back and forth, but I'm going to go with this. I'm talking to the youth group this morning about what they thought the future would hold for them. So I'm going to use Kobe. Kobe doesn't know it. I'm not going to get specific. Okay. Kobe's a senior in high school. Okay. You, any of you remember that? Okay. Kobe's a, a senior in high school. He's got his life ahead of him. Kobe, I hope you live to be 100 years old. Okay. He's got his life ahead of him, what all he might want to do, might want to, want to be. Okay. The school he's going to go to. Okay. So I say to Kobe, though, the problem is it's not going to turn out like that. Sorry. <laughs> okay, sorry. But the, the re what I was thinking is Kobe's dad is Aaron. And I remember when Aaron came to our church, when he was in high school, wasn't married to Samantha yet, okay, which is about the best thing that ever happened to you is when you married her, right? Right. I remember when Aaron came to our church when he was in high school. I remember, in fact, about where you sat now, okay? I remember that. When Aaron came to our church in high school, if he could think back, I'm just using this as an analogy, if he could think back to those days, and he is now, he's, he's going over in his head, well, what? I wonder what Aaron thought when he was Kobe's age, sitting in a pew at our church. I wonder what Aaron thought life would turn out to be and the direction that he would go in. Samantha wasn't, was not with him yet, and he you know, came to our church. And Aaron is now, I, I don't know, Aaron, what would that be, 20-some years later? He's the, he's the youth pastor of our church, been doing that for about 10 years. Okay, great doing a great job. If you, if the Holy Spirit 
had sat down beside Aaron when he was a teenager sitting in the pew of our church and said to him, in 20 years, you're going to be the youth pastor here. You're, you're going to be married to the best thing that ever hap happened to you, and you're going to be the youth pa pastor here. Aaron would have said, I don't know. No. <laughs> no, I'm not. It hardly ever turns out like you think it will. And so it's getting out of the habit of saying, I'm going to go to that town, I'm going to do this thing, and because you're probably not going to do that. Because life has so many curves in it. So another one I thought I would use, and I guess I will make it really, really quick. I was in Jonesboro on Friday, which a week before Christmas is not advisable, but I was in Jonesboro on, on Friday, and I was at that intersection of uh, Caraway and Highland. And remember, there used to be, what, the Indian Mall there, okay? Uh, my family and I are working on being here 29 years. That's important for, this, for the story. About 34 years ago, we were visiting a friend in the, in the area and uh, had car trouble along the way. So I stopped in a town I'd never heard of before, Jonesboro. And I went, went to, I found the Sears Auto Place on the corner of Highland and Caraway. And went, you know, trying to get help with my car, of course, of course you couldn't. So we drove on to our friend's house. So about 34 years ago, I was in Jonesboro, the corner of Highland and Caraway. What if the Holy Spirit had kind of sat, come up beside me on that seat and said, in a very few years, you're going to live about 20 minutes from here. And you're going to spend a big, big part of your life about a 20-minute drive from here in a town called Tr Truman. I said, I've never even heard of Jonesboro, and I don't know where Truman's at, and I don't want to. What if the Holy Spirit told me, in a few years, everything in your life's going to change, and this is where you're going to be? And I drive by the corner of Highland and Caraway once, twice, three times a week, and I'd never seen that place before in my life. I looked around at the intersection. There's not one thing that I could see that's the same. Not one business. You know, we used to have the Indian Mall. Many of you in here in the room don't even know what that is, okay? Almost, I don't know if I could say everything or most a lot of what we think is going to happen doesn't, okay? Curves that we can't see, that God sees, but you can't see. And we go through those curves, and I didn't know it was coming. There's no way I could have seen that. 
But God saw it, and he's leading us through those curves. He just doesn't tell us that they're coming. He just leads us through them as we go. Now, this is where we go into prayer time, right? Some of you thought that it would happen this way, or life would turn out that way, or you thought that whatever it is, you, th you thought it would be different. You thought it would turn out differently. You thought it would be different. But this is the curve that you're in. And some of you are in curves or going through a curve right now. Something's going on. You didn't think it would be this way. You hoped it wouldn't be this way. You didn't expect it to be this way. You didn't pray for it to be this way. You didn't ask for it. Most of the curves that we go through in life, I didn't ask for that. But this is the, the direction God is taking me in. So the instruction from James is don't be real careful what you say. And don't say, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, because you're probably not. It's probably not going to turn out the way you think it is. Say, rather, if it's the Lord's will. Now, I told you what I think is going to happen next Sunday. May not. If it's the Lord's will. I told you what's going to happen maybe the Sunday after that. It might, but it may not. If it's the Lord's will. Now, I'm thinking about it, I'm planning on it, but it may not turn out like that. And if it doesn't turn out like I think or plan it, you know what? It's okay. God's still in control. God's still got this. God's still God of the curves, right? God's still God of the curves. I'm not. That's the problem. I'm not, but he is. Nothing is ever going to catch him by surprise. He's not shocked by anything, and he already knows how he's going to lead you through the curve that you're going through right now. But the Holy Spirit is aiming for the person, two, he's aiming for the person that's going through a curve right now, and I don't mean to discourage you, but he's aiming for the person who's going to go through the curve next week, this coming week. He's aiming for the person who's going to be going through a curve this coming week that you can't see, but he sees it right now. And when you go through it, remember what God's word said, okay? He's with you the whole way, okay? He's with you the whole way. I'm going to ask our musicians to come. We're going to have our prayer time. I ask our congregation to stand. I ask you to bow your head and allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you right here, right now, right where you are, where in your seat, in your pew. What are you going through that, Lord, I need help? What are you going through that you didn't expect it, you didn't pray for it, you didn't ask for it, you don't even want it, but this is what you're going through right now.
It's your curve. It's what you're experiencing, what life's, what's going on in life with you right now. God, I need help with this. God, I need you to, I need you to show me. I need you to lead me through this curve. I need, I need your help. That's what our prayer time's for. So if you need to come and pray and uh, just simply say to the Lord, God, I, I, I'm having trouble getting through this by myself, and I need you. So as simple as that, when that, while they play and sing, if you need to come to an altar and pray, Lord, I'm having trouble getting through this by myself. I need you. If you need to come and pray, these all altars are here. Let's pray. Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the 
the darkness over every enemy. Jesus, for my family, I speak the holy name. Presence. 